Merry Christmas to all of you. It's 45 minutes early for it to be official, but it's Christmas somewhere. Isn't that what they say? Um, I'm so glad that you guys chose to join us. This is, this is a service that's going to be unlike any other that we'll do throughout the year. This is going to be a very um, old school kind of traditional service. And when I became a pastor first years ago, one of the things that I told myself is I don't want to do any of that traditional stuff just because it's the way it's done. And so I did, I did pretty much everything I could to make sure nothing I did was just because. And I try to live my life that way still. I don't want to do things just because. We've done this for several years now, and it's something that gives me life and it gives me joy but I don't do it just because we do it every single year. I do it because the tradition of it calls me back to a place, remembering even as a little kid, sitting in church where I had no clue what they were talking about, and that didn't really matter, but I knew that there was a gravity to it. I knew that what was happening had some weight, and that we were talking about things that mattered. And it seemed to touch people's hearts, and it meant something. And so I carry that with me to this day. I love teaching through the Bible the way that we do, and I love the contemporary worship that we do, but there is something so special about just quieting our hearts and just being present and soaking in what the Lord has for us. So that's why we do this service. So I'll explain it to you a little bit. This will be what's called a call and response service. I will read scriptures. If you picked up your bulletin on the way in, we're going to be following that through very closely. So there will be times when I'll do a reading, and when I conclude that reading, there will be a response from you, and that's, that's written in red right there. So this is interactive. If you choose not to respond, that's okay. But I need your feedback. So we'll go through this, and again, it be, it's going to be very traditional, and I hope, I hope that you're blessed by it, and I hope that it's one of those things that just helps you to understand the gravity of what it is that we will celebrate when we wake up tomorrow morning. Amen? All right. So let's get going. Everybody have your bulletins handy? All right. Your first test. I greet you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Perfect. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our first reading is a reading from the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Very good. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Tonight, tonight we gather together to celebrate with anticipation in our hearts the birth of Jesus Christ. Not only as our Lord and Savior, but as the fulfillment of a promise made by Father God, the creator of the heavens and earth, who knew from the beginning of time We needed saving. The first hint of this happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 reads, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. That was the very first hint that we had of a Savior to come. And so the waiting for that Savior began. When we gather together and all over the world, it's happening tonight and all throughout the day, these Christmas Eve services are often called a vigil. We call them a vigil because the definition, the very definition of vigil is this, from the dictionary, a period of keeping awake during the time usually spent asleep, especially to keep watch or to pray. In the Christian church, the eve of a festival or a holy day such as this um, is an occasion to hold a vigil. You are staying awake, many of us up way past our bedtime, and we're doing this in anticipation of what happens tomorrow, keeping watch. 
tradition of a Christmas Eve vigil began all the way back in the early Jerusalem church. It was actually the consummation of the Advent fast. So it would be a fast and then consummated with that Christmas Eve vigil. Now the word Advent itself literally means coming in Latin. And the first celebration of Advent began about 380 B.C. And as its own celebration, it was a three-week fast in preparation for the Feast of the Epiphany. Now, Epiphany, it's another one of those churchy words. What is the Feast of the Epiphany, you might ask? I hear many of you out there asking that right now. It's primarily been known throughout history as a Catholic celebration. But it's become more and more something that the rest of us participate in because it's so meaningful. Its significance is really good to understand. Epiphany is celebrated 12 days after Christmas. It's typically on January 6th. It will be this year. And it's the time when Christians remember the wise men who visited Jesus. Most of us know the story of the Magi or the wise men who traveled from afar, from all kinds of different places, pagans to the core, but they recognized truth. They recognized the fulfillment of prophecy when they saw it, and so they traveled from all over the place to come and witness the birth of the Messiah. Now, this celebration, that moment, and the reason that that story is included in Scripture is because that is significant. Unless you are a Jew, that is really good news for you. That's the moment when the revelation of who Jesus Christ is as the Messiah was given to the Gentiles. Gentiles meaning not those who are Jewish. It's the time when we were included in that revelation. And again, to me, that is good news. Now, over time, these traditions have all blended together to become what many uh, Protestant religions see a four-week spiritual preparation that we just generally call Advent to celebrate this time of coming, the first Advent of Jesus Christ. Now, Jewish tradition holds that the day begins at sundown, and Jesus was thought to have been born at midnight. Most of us think it happened during the day or early evening or something like that, but it actually happened at midnight. And so we'd gather together now in preparation for that, to hold that vigil in anticipation. Children go to bed anticipating what is under the tree. Many adults go to bed anticipating what is under the tree. And they're so excited. They're so excited to get the chance to open those. And if you're like me, if your kids are like me, they've already peeled back the paper very carefully to see what is in there because they just simply can't wait. They've picked up the packages and they've weighed them very carefully. They've judged the size compared to how big they think their favorite gift request is going to be. All these things they've done just with these eager hearts, like I'm so excited, I can't even stand it. And many of us as adults, we lose that excitement. We lose that excitement. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that many of us will probably get socks or maybe a nightgown, a pair of underwear, that, you know, a couple pair, something significant. 
But we lose that excitement sometimes. And a lot of it is due really to just the exhaustion of the season. How many of you tomorrow afternoon will give each other a high five and say, we got through another one? Christmas should not be something we just try to get through. We should soak in the moment. We should soak in that day. We should soak in every moment of the gift that is being given to us and the realization that what we are celebrating is not the fact that we get to open presents or even gather together, which is all fun stuff, but it's that a Savior was born to us on this day, and that is what we get to celebrate. Think about this. If you were a Jew thousands of years ago, you had grown up hearing prophecy after prophecy, scripture after scripture, talking about, promising, foretelling of a coming Messiah. And you probably got tired of hearing about this. When is it going to be happening? Yes, I know. It's happening. I'm excited, kind of, but when is this happening? And you would have heard some of the specific prophecies about this promised Messiah, some of the scriptures, such as Deuteronomy Chapter 18, verse 15, which says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. Now, can you imagine every, every Jewish mom, when their child is born, they're thinking, is this him? Is this the one? And then you wait. You wait for a sign. And they waited for a sign, and they waited, and they waited. And when Jesus Christ finally came, many of them missed it. It didn't look anything like what they thought that it was going to look like. Their expectations of what a Messiah triumphantly arriving in the world did not fit what they saw in the manger. And I think that happens to us too. Sometimes we miss it. With all the trappings of the holidays and everything that goes on, we miss the thing at the very core of the reason we do all of this. There's a quote from C.S. Lewis that I love. I used this quote last year, actually. C.S. Lewis, he is a quote factory, by the way. If you ever want to read any of his books, they're amazing. But he said this. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. By the revelation of who Jesus Christ is to us, that Savior, that promised Messiah, by that revelation, our eyes can be opened to every promise that the Bible has for us. Every promise God has ever given us is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So what do you see? When you look out at the world, what do you see? I asked that question last year, and it was entirely different. Nobody could have foreseen what 2020 was going to look like. No one. And if you did, congratulations, but I think you were guessing if you, if you had anything close to what was going on. We see bad news after bad news after bad news. And when you look out there in the world and all you get is bad news, doom, and gloom, and you're bombarded with that, when those things that are just joyful, just for the sake of being joyful, whether it's just 
a child being silly or you dancing by yourself to a song that comes on the radio that you like, just those things that are just joyous just for the sake of being joyful, do we even notice those things in comparison to all the doom and gloom? Sickness and poverty, we are very well aware of those things that go on in the world. But are they overshadowed in our lives by the knowledge that we have been given the gift of life? The gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Which one of those two things takes precedence in your life? When you wake up, are you focused on the doom and gloom? Or is your very first thought, thank you, Jesus, that I am here. Thank you for what you did for me. So I want to challenge you when you wake up tomorrow, you get to choose where your mind goes. I would suggest you don't turn on the television if you want any chance of staying focused on Jesus. But I will tell you, when the sun rises tomorrow, I will see a reason to celebrate Jesus Christ as a promise fulfilled. Would you pray with me? Father God, we, we thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity, not only tomorrow, to intentionally celebrate a specific day, a specific event, but Lord, every single day that we open our eyes, we can give you thanks because the breath that we draw into our lungs, the beauty that we see when we look out our windows, the fact that the blood is pumping through our veins and we get to live another day, that is due to you. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that you sent Jesus into this world to die for us so that we could stand blameless before you, so that we could walk into our destiny. We could walk into the plans and purposes that you had for us without carrying the baggage of who we used to be, without carrying the baggage of the lies that tells us we're not good enough. Through Jesus, it no longer matters who the devil says we are. But it's all about who you say we are. And you say that we were precious enough to send your son to give his life for us. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take communion together now. We have ushers who are going to go through and hand communion. Normally we would do it with the little cups and, and with some nice bread. This time we're going to do it a little more sanitary, so we'll have the single serves. While we hand this out, while the ushers come around, I want you to sing Holy Night with us and just take another few moments to just calm your heart in preparation for sharing communion together. It is the night 
Thank you, Cameron. The book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 19 and 20. It says, when he, had, when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We're going to do my favorite part now, which is the candle lighting. What we're going to do is we are going to illustrate how individually we all have a light. But together, when we pull our light together as the body of Christ, we can shine brightly in a world that's so desperately needs it. So we'll come around and we will pass the light to each one of you and then you can then pass it to everyone until we're all finished. And while we do that, we're going to sing Silent Night together. So before the birth of our Savior, we were literally and spiritually in the dark of night.
again spoke to them saying I am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life you may blow out your candles would you please join me in the benediction it's printed there in your bulletin the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Go in peace and with the love of Jesus Christ in your hearts. You are dismissed. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. God bless everyone.